My name is Mimba Dodwell and this is Ordinary Artists. previous podcast I forgot to mention that my podcast is going to be bi-weekly and while I'm mentioning this if you enjoy my podcast please rate it on iTunes or just leave a comment on SoundCloud that'd be really great um so this week my guest is Afsana Gray I feel really cool saying guest I haven't used that yet and uh before I talk about Afsana Gray I just want to talk about a theatre club that I joined um this theatre club is run by FA and she emails us mid-month and says next month guys we're going to go see the show and um we then like click our availability and then she emails us saying guys we're going to see the show on this day please transfer me the ticket money and I'll book it for you and so she books it and then we go to the theatre together we watch the show and then we talk about it afterwards so the first show I saw was in January called Kitten Shit Not My Boy um and it was really interesting show because it was about sexual assault and it was really witty and like it was clever how it was staged and put together and um it was a show I may not have seen by myself or considered to go to and it was good to see it with a theatre club because like we could all talk about it and I met new people which was really cool um this month we're going to see the bubbly black girl sheds her chameleon skin which I am so excited about because I really wanted to see it and if you're like me and you go to the theatre a lot and you're like oh who should I invite I don't know will they like it um, the theatre club is really cool to go with because I really want to see the show and now I get to go see it with people and we get to talk about it. Um, so if you're interested in joining the theatre club, FA told us, guys, invite people, we're inclusive. Um, then follow FA on Twitter or message her. Um, her Twitter name is at FA underscore Frederick and let her know that you're interested. So on to my guest, um, Afsana Gray. She's a playwright. Um, she's part of this company called Paper Tiger, which really interested me because they're three artists who um, who are all in theatre and film, and they basically support each other when they have their when they are putting on their productions. And I thought that was really valuable because it can be quite stressful and a bit lonely and isolating doing your own show and like. I just trying to put it on and work it out and I think that support is valuable and also she took a show to the Edinburgh Fringe last year called Octopus and this show is about three women in a room being interrogated and asked to sort of clarify their Britishness and I think that's really um reflective of society as Afsana says in the podcast um also it was great to talk to her about the Edinburgh Fringe and her experiences there and any tips for writers um yeah, so it was actually quite nice to speak to Sana because it kind of reminded me that we need to be proactive, especially as Bain artists, I think we need to be proactive in women um, because people aren't just going to hand you a stage and say, hey, work it, um, put on your show. I think we need to be proactive and I think that's what I kind of got from Afsana. Um, so here we go. Hello, I'm at the National here with Afsana Gray, who is a playwright. Um, you're a part of Paper Tiger, and as well as you took a show to the Fringe called Octopus, uh, which seemed to have done really well. I saw about it through Toby, as I just mentioned. So um, how did you get into playwriting, first of all? Oh, um, well, that's a slightly funny story, because I actually studied medicine. Um, which is a bit weird in a way. Uh, but I did kind of always write. So I wrote as a kid and I um, 
little wrote, wrote little plays when I was a kid and got my family to perform in them. It's like a classic, it's a classic thing that playwrights did, I think. But my, my brother's a theatre director as well, so I went to a lot of theatre, so I was like aware of it, and I always wrote stuff. So I think it was quite natural for me to write for theatre. But I thought I should get a proper job, and everyone around me seemed really keen that I should do that. Um, and I also really liked sciences. And I had some kind of weird complex about not being not being like a genius. I was like, yeah. you need to be a genius to be in the arts, otherwise what's the point? I got that from my mum, to be honest. <laughs> and so um, I ended up studying medicine, and it just really wasn't for me, and I found it very stressful, and I was like... I just, yeah, I can't cope with this idea of having to save lives. This is not, this is not working. This is too much. And so then in my final year at medical school, I just sat down. I was waiting for a friend, and he was running late, and I didn't have a book. Um, but I had a pen, and I had a piece of paper, just a receipt. And I just started writing this scene, um, and that turned into a full-length play because uh, I just kept on hearing these voices <laughs> in my head and <laughs> I wrote them all down. And um, then I got onto the Soho Young Writers course. So that was... I did that literally two weeks before my final exams and I was writing a short play for the Soho and I was just way more interested in that than I was in, in anything to do with my exams. And I already decided as well that I wasn't cut out to be a doctor. So at that point, it just made sense for me to kind of commit to it and make it work. Um, so that's what I've been trying to do ever since. <laughs> that's so cool. It's funny because, yeah. as you said, like I, I think a lot of artists who go do something else, the itch just comes back and they can't, like, it's difficult. Yeah, you can't escape yeah, it. you can't escape all well, the voices as well. Yeah, <laughs> the, the voices. That's the same with me in monologues. I'm like, oh, I should read that. Just read that monologue and the voice is still there. You want to try that character out. Yeah. But what I want to ask you is, um, do you ever use science as well in your plays? Does that have I haven't yet. Yeah. Um, I think science plays are really difficult because they often end up trying to educate the audience, which I think is is um, not a very dramatic or interesting yeah. thing for, for me anyway. I'm not interested in that. So I would like to, and I have um, a kind of science fiction idea bubbling back in my head, which is kind of based, obviously, on science to an extent and some of some of my knowledge. Um, but uh, no, I haven't really yet. Maybe Maybe sometime. Yeah, I, I was just wondering, because I always find it interesting, people who have like a different background in something else, and they bring it to their work, like Mofat, he's a, he's a lawyer, and then you have that kind of feeding into yeah. different things. Um, also, what was Paper Tiger, it's also a collective of th your three different artists, can you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, so it's me, Tanya Singh, and Omar Al-Khari, and uh, we're all friends, and we all make theatre and film and um, we just were sort of working with each other informally and, and, and just going to see each other's shows and supporting each other and so we, we kind of turned it into a into a kind of more formal thing by making it Paper Tiger Productions. Um, well, it's now been going for about five years now, I think. Yeah, and we've had like different confirmations and, um, and we kind of collaborate with people all the time so it's very kind of loose thing but it's sort of there for us and it's a nice way to kind of support each other and yeah that's very good yeah. so you help each other put your shows on like was octopus part of paper tiger production as well yeah, yeah. octopus paper production so so then like oh, obviously it's my project so i take the lead on it yeah. but i've got omar and tanya there and supporting me and yeah. and i'll do the same for them if they've got a show so that's, that's, amazing. Yeah. that's a really cool idea actually yeah and that's a nice thing nice. how your kind of friends come together i think yeah. i'm gonna tell my friends because yeah. it is a bit scary when you have your own 
like vessel and doing it yourself. It's a lot of work to put on like, yeah. production. And how did you find putting your show Octopus on at the Fringe? I mean, it's it's tough, and um, I yeah, I wouldn't want to pretend that it isn't. And I think you have to. Um, have like a real sort of single-minded dedication to it um and it's expensive and um i mean i couldn't have done it without support of people who kind of had gone there for me and i yeah. just met i met up with loads of people in the run-up and was just like how did how do you make this work and what do i need to do and i would yeah if anybody's thinking of doing doing it for themselves i think that's really useful just to speak to your peers and find out what they did um but it is really worth it because you know, you, you sit around as an artist so often you kind of wait for people to come and say, oh, I really want to put your work on. And actually that happens to one in a million of us. And most of us, we have to do it ourselves. You yeah. know, you have to take control at some point. And a lot of the stuff is put on and then they go, oh, now I'd like to, I want to bring your work to our venue. Like, mm. I've seen that quite a bit with people who have had yeah. their shows and they say, if you don't put it on yourself, you could be waiting. No one knows what you've got sitting there. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and, and that's yeah, that's what happened with Octopus. Um, Lisa Sperling from Theatre Five Hundred Three yeah. saw it up in Edinburgh. Was like, can we bring it to London? And now we're going to tour it in the spring um, in uh, co-production with French Theatre. So James from the Grinch saw it, and again, you know, you yeah, it's 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 a really fantastic way of jump, jumping off. It's a jumping off point, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah, it is. And yeah, yeah, I saw that you also work with the French Theatre as well. Do you, do you speak to, to, with like you? you work part-time with them here, is it, or did you... I may have read that wrong. I think you might have read that wrong. Oh, which which French theatre? It was something about French. I might have seen something wrong. Milan? Yes, Milan, sorry. No, it's oh, Milan. okay. Yeah, so that was an interesting project. That was um, through Steve Harper at Theatre 503, yeah. who um, put me up for this uh, kind of cross pan-European collaboration that took place at um, a theatre school in Milan. Yeah. Uh, where there were Italian, Serbian, German and British theatre makers and we formed groups to create short pieces um, responding to the refugee crisis because obviously Italy has been really affected by it. Um, So that was a really interesting project to do and and my play was translated into Italian and I didn't understand a word of it but it was kind of interesting. To see. But we yeah. got the gist, you're like, oh, that's what's happening there. Like, you understood what's going yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I learned a few sort of interesting, unusual words in Italian. Like, you know, I've got boob tube and dog shit down. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. My script. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was going to ask you about Octopus? Can you tell us a bit more about the story, about the girls and the story of Octopus? Yeah, so Octopus is kind of set in a dystopian parallel world that is rapidly becoming, unfortunately, the real world where um, the British state kind of determines your level of Britishness, like how British you're considered to be. Yeah, so if you're, basically, if you're, if you're, if you've got one grandparent who's sort of non-white British, yeah. then you're called up for an interview yeah. um, to kind of determine your Britishness. And it's three women who are kind of waiting in the waiting room and going through the interview process. Um, and they take it in turns actually to, to, to take on the role of the interviewer. And uh, one kind of looks kind of Asian, one looks kind of Middle Eastern, and one looks kind of white is the stage direction. And they all sort of turn out to have very mixed identities. Um, And they all have certain assumptions about each other that are sort of challenged. And and assumptions about the interviewer who wears a headscarf, so that kind of comes into it as well. Uh, oh, that's interesting. So you have the interviewer wearing a headscarf. Yeah, so they all take it in turns to kind of don the headscarf yeah. and become the interviewer. So she's the sort of face of the of the state or in, 
actually it's a private subcontractor yeah. but um, <laughs> but essentially <laughs> um yeah so so then that that kind of that influences the way she's seen by the person across the table as yeah, well and, yeah. and all of them sort of see her in a certain way because of the headscarf actually um so yeah and it's also sort of got a punk theme running through it um and uh just a general kind of musical motif like everyone kind of keeps bursting into song and it's, it's sort of it's sort of like a weird it's a weird universe that they inhabit slightly and and it's it's a comedy and it's fun but it obviously um yeah comments in society of what's happening today very much so yeah no it is kind of scary how people like this you say these things people may not know is that they do question you about your Britishness quite yeah like interestingly and yeah. the test the system test I was like that has got history that people in England themselves didn't don't even know absolutely yeah ridiculous. yeah yeah um also I want to ask you like how do you write how do you find writing your plays what tips would you have for people writing um so I think the best thing is to find people you really trust to feedback on your work yeah. um and that's difficult, and that's a process of trial and error if you're starting out. Um, I would generally say that other people who are in theatre are the best people to feedback on your yeah. work, rather than, you know, you, you kind of start off writing, you're like, yeah. oh, I'll give it to my best friend, yeah. my mum, whatever. And um, that's not yeah. necessarily the, the best thing to do. Um, so find, find people that you trust who give you feedback in a way that you can receive it and listen mm -hmm. to it and hear it, and it's useful to you. Um, which I, I have found, for me, is, is asking questions rather than giving answers, but... You know, okay. yeah. like I, I like yeah. to be yeah. what are you you know have you thought about this is yeah. is more productive for me than I think you should change this yeah because um, then yeah then that's kind of just saying your thing is not well you can interpret it anyway but yeah I, th I, th I think the key thing in somebody giving you feedback is is are they able to help you realize your vision and you know your what your play that you want to write is probably different from my play that I want to yeah. write and the best feedback is is somebody who can kind of say, well, that's that's what she's interested in. Yeah. So you know, I, let me kind of try and help her to get to the best version of that play that she yeah. wants to write, and not the play that I think she should be writing. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, if you can find that person, yeah. hold on to them for dear life, give yeah. them your stuff. Um, redrafting is obviously most of the work of writing a play, <laughs> so don't expect to get it right first time. Um, make sure that you leave some time before you look at something again yeah. uh, because you'll see it very differently uh, so if you if you know you, you think something's finished and you look at it a month later it's not fin it's never finished it's never yeah. also it's never finished like right up to the point where it's produced even published you're still yeah. going to be making changes yeah. um so i think that's really important to say and um the other thing i would say is just be careful about sending out your play to a theater or competition too early because uh, there's a real tendency to kind of go, oh, I want to know that is this good or is this bad, and yeah. I think it's I just I just want to get it out there and want yeah. to find out, and actually, it, it's really worth making sure that it's the best version of your script, um, which again it, it won't be because you'll always inevitably be changing it, but as close to that close, as you can. Yeah. Count. That's yeah. really interesting. Huh. And um, your point about what's saying about uh, what's when I've gone, I just remembered it um, about realizing the best version of yourself about the, getting the best version yeah. of your play. Yeah. Um, it's quite interesting because in terms of diversity, when people write plays, I think that's something that um, when knowing who to give it to, because mm. some people like don't believe the story that's happening yeah, that's in, true. in what's happening. I bet your story, some people might go, oh, is oh, that yeah. really happening in Octopus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 
Um, so yeah, yeah. I think it's important I, to know that. I had, um, I had a very interesting encounter early on. We did um, an R and D at the Alcola, yeah. and a couple of the people, industry people, we came to to see it. Um, said uh, this is just too far from reality this is just this is just ridiculous and um it was it was it, it was interesting because actually everybody who came to see the show at that yeah. stage who and that was before like the brexit vote and it was before yeah. trying it did feel like a slightly kind of happier time yeah. but nonetheless the people who came to see it who came from some kind of mixed or non-white heritage yeah. i mean they were immediately like this is my life um and then you had i had these kind of two white members of the audience who were just like this is completely unrecognizable yeah. to me i can't even believe this would ever exist <laughs> Not, that's something common that I, I think I'm reading and seeing people say it's like this story doesn't seem relatable and you're like yeah this is this people who are living this mm, but that's mm. really interesting I think that's why it's important to have shows like Octopus and yourself and people making shows which are showing a different reality mm. all the time and um, do you have any tips as well for people going to Edinburgh Fringe? Mm, okay Edinburgh Fringe um, I think with Edinburgh it's really important to have a, a strong story that you can tell like you you grabbing people off the street you will be going out and getting your audience every morning or every afternoon for your show whenever your your time is um it's very unlikely that you're going to get many people booking in advance so you need to say something in one sentence to somebody who's walking past you trying to ignore you that will make them stop and turn around and take your flyer so it's a very very different place and it's a different kind of play that succeeds often in Edinburgh that succeeds in London or wherever else Um, so I think really get your marketing right on it and and, and really think about that and think about okay one sentence stopping somebody on the street what is that Um, I think that's probably yeah that's probably my top tip for selling it and I think I saw a picture of someone wearing an octopus suit as well. We did, that we was, did have an octopus suit. <laughs> well, that, that's what you got to do yeah. in Edinburgh. So, yeah, we had um, my, my good friend Rita made us an octopus suit. Bless her. And uh, he's called Edgar because we're an all-female uh, cast yeah. and pretty much creative team. So he's our yeah, gentleman he's friend. <laughs> Um, Edgar the octopus and uh, yeah you know people would kind of be like oh there's and there is no there is no octopus in the play yeah. uh, so, so he's not actually ever used in the play but he was a great great flyering gimmick yeah. you know and he that's the kind of thing you need yeah. yeah so we'd kind of say look for the octopus and you know come and see us tomorrow and feel free and yeah and um, lastly I want to ask you like what sort of shows do you enjoy seeing and what theatre and films do you think really kind of get you going um, so, uh, in terms of theatre, I do like people who are a bit more abstract and non-naturalistic and kind of ask the really big questions. So I'm a big uh, Carol Churchill fan, big like, Martin Crimp fan. Maura Buffini, I think, is really great. She's also really funny, which is lovely. Um, Zahida Earl Bushra, I think she's great. Um, but um, in terms and in terms of films, so a couple of films that I've really loved. I loved, um, and I know it's a little bit controversial I don't think everyone liked it but um, American Honey Andrew Arnold I loved that I loved um, Girlhood yeah. by the fr- uh, I can't remember her name she's a French director it was a beautiful film I was going to say I haven't seen American Honey but I've been wanting it's been on my mind to see it I absolutely loved it, um, and it's it's sort of it's it's really quite long, yeah. and it's quite sort of circular. The story yeah. kind of keeps on coming back, but to me that was because, and it, actually it's a very similar thing in Girlhood. Like both of them are sort of young female characters who are trapped in a certain cycle, and actually um, they kind of try and escape, and there's only so far that they can escape mm-hmm. because actually the circumstances of the system they're living in prevent them from from going much further than that. And I think that's 
that's really important actually yeah. like that's we, we yeah. need to talk about that we need yeah. to talk about um, the systems that, that, that we live in yeah. and how they affect us and constrain us and I think both those films did that in a really beautiful way without being too pessimistic without yeah. losing a sense of hope and a sense of fun and they also have um, this it's really nice sometimes to see female characters who are strong and powerful but don't necessarily need to feel like they they have to be male like uh, uh, have yeah. kind of masculine attributes like yeah. can also have like fun that. with their femininity yeah. so yeah. Yeah, both nice. films did that okay well i'm gonna definitely put them like watch them soon i like that yeah. idea yeah there's not enough i think there isn't enough characters of women who are strong but want to be feminine yeah, or just yeah. happily, will happily, you know, yeah. go into like a little song or dance, or you know, um, uh, yeah, there's a great moment in girlhood where this group of this group, this, these uh, young young women, um, all dancing to uh, Rihanna, and you know, just having a great time and just enjoying it. They're all dressed up and ready to go out, and and that's that's a joyous thing. It's yeah. nice to see that. That's really good. Well, thank you so much for sharing this information and your time. No problem. And I look forward to seeing some of your shows as well. Yeah, it'd be lovely. And all just when is Octopus touring again? So we're going to be, I think, probably the first date of our tour will be 28th of April at York okay. Theatre Royal. We'll be um, uh, coming to some London venues as well. So I think the uh, best thing to do is to keep an eye on our website, papertiger.org.uk. Um, or you know, follow us on Twitter at Paper Tiger Prods, or I'm at Afsana Gray on Twitter as well. Well, thank you so much, Afsana. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on both Twitter and Facebook at Ordinary Artists.